Christmas. That went to Gollum. My Christmas. <laughs> Welcome to Walk With Him. I'm Elder Blacker, and here we're welcoming all who are looking to improve their lives by improving their relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. My name is Mitchell Redman, and this Christmas season, we're going to be discussing a variety of topics and doctrine relating to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There's a lot to learn from his birth all the way up to his mortal ministry, and our mission is to help you live the best life from his example. Life is never perfect, but our Savior is. So join us as we walk with him. Demand. Dumbass. The legend. Roar. Roar. <laughs> That's still in the trailer, by the way. I know. <laughs> Welcome back for my tangents. I could tangents. it. What? I said I could hear it. We didn't listen to it. You just heard that that one time. Oh, yeah. I still haven't listened to the new trailer. I just... Yes, you have. I showed it yeah, to you. We have no trailer. Right. Right. I don't like that. I'm not going to start with any of that. Okay. What would you like to start with? That it's Christmas. Hooray! Yay! Merry Christmas. Actually, that's weird. It's Christmas is Monday. That's in four days. I know. <laughs> We've, probably because I've been releasing every single week, but there have been a lot more listeners and a lot more downloads, and which is probably, honestly, the only time where I've where we've done it consistently every week. Because the other times were just like, we kind of did it every week, like the first three episodes. Those were released stopped. at the same time. I'm talking about the ones after the ones we released all at the same time. Uh, we release all three of those. And there were like two or three or four more. Not four. There's only probably two others. There wasn't very many times where we did it consistently. Until recently. Yes. Most people wait till the new year to make resolutions and improve themselves. We did not. Nah. And we're, mostly you get the credit for that. <laughs> I contributed. Were there, out of the three other like the World Series episodes we did. What parts were your favorites? The Christ Child. Easily my favorite part. Talking about Joseph and Mary. Need I say myrrh? <laughs> <laughs> I like that video a lot. I think it was very well done. And I think even during in the behind the scenes thing, even some of the producers were like, a lot of people would ask us why another nativity? Well, I think it was helpful to look at it in a more historically accurate light and portray it as actual people rather than just like characters in this tale. Is that how it comes off? I've never not I've never really paid attention, so I don't know, but Well, we talked about like how it's all we talked about the pageantry of it and how it's just like yes. very overblown. Oh, theatrical. Theatrical, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, it is just talking about these like making it more interesting for people. A couple of Christmas services I've gone to another church, which not that those were bad in any way. I mean, we've done the same thing in our church. We've made it very theatrical. And and like there's a lot of good reason for that. Most likely, like historically accurate, Christ would not have. I don't know if you know that. Right. But the reason like he's depicted that way, it's actually like a very deliberate choice by artists. It's because it makes him look more feminine, consequently more caring. Mm. So even though it's not historically accurate, there was a specific reason behind the design. Huh. I didn't know that. That's kind of yeah. interesting. So there's probably some of that in these theatrical yeah. ones, but it's always nice to see it without it. That was helpful. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That was released in like 2019. And I feel like it was what? It was released four years ago. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I feel like it was a good time for it to be created because a lot of people probably think, well, how does this relate to me and how is this relevant in any way for me? And then doing this Christ child video, this depicting the nativity in a way that portrays the emotion of the people that saw Jesus, the wise men bowing down to him, the shepherds showing the pure joy of all these people who actually saw Jesus. Think about it. They actually, they knew, well, first of all, the shepherds had angels tell them to their face. So, you know, that helped. But just to be able to witness and see in person the baby that will atone for all of your sins. I'm glad this nativity came out and was styled in the way it was because it's like, oh, this had actual impact on everybody. So... I like the Christ child. And I especially yeah. liked that when Eli came over and he got to share some of his insights. That was fun. I guess this is a good time to tell people that the next episode we'll do, he'll be back. Yeah, he will be. Yeah, culture versus doctrine. So, and this is January 4th? Yes, January 4th, next episode. And then we'll, so and that's then we'll five be doing... straight weeks with an episode? The answer is yes. It is. Dang. Way to go. That's the longest streak we... that... Did it. We've ever almost. Done. We've almost done it. We're right at the finish line. We just need to lean over. Mm. <laughs> uh, what did I... Oh, yeah. So if you haven't watched... If you haven't listened to that episode, the... Christ Child. No. Let's see. Framework. We did oh, the missionary... For personal revelation. Oh, yeah. The missionary stuff was before that. Yeah, you're right. The two-parter. So if you haven't listened to the Framework for Personal Revelation episode, that was episode... 11 i think but if you haven't listened to that go and check that out because at the end we invited you guys to start a revelation journal so what that basically means is that you just start a journal of insights during maybe your personal scripture study or even just your prayers and just paying attention to what god is saying to you because then the next one we'll talk about how we can separate the doctrine from the culture in really all churches, this can come apply to pretty much every single religion. Yeah, we just I, know more of the culture of our own. Yeah, and especially... we were in it. But yeah. And I that, was in the thick of it. Especially, and it says somewhere in Preach My Gospel, it's like this little story of a convert and her perspective on becoming a convert to our church. And she talked a lot about like the words we use and the ideas and how it's basically a whole other lifestyle that you have to learn. And if you don't have someone helping you, then it can be really tough to understand and fit in, right? Because you have all these people thinking that Sunday should be a certain way and you should dress this way and you should only show up to temple in your very best. And those people who don't really know the culture of our religion is just like, why is everyone judging me, you know? And it can be really tough for a lot of people who have come from a vulnerable place. And then to have these people just kind of basically rejecting them in some cases. Yep. I feel like every missionary has a horror story about that. But that is for another episode. So stay tuned. I think I already asked you like a unique thing that your family does for a tradition. Is yeah, it was correct? the wrapping presents and opening them every 
day until Christmas. Yeah, this is literally the Light the World series, but something that we've been doing recently is that we've gone to those. Are they vending machines? Or is there another name for them? Well, they're called giving machines. Giving machines. But they're basically vending machines. They work the exact same way, basically. Yeah, except for you can't take the item that you purchase. Yeah, you're giving it to other people. Precisely. So it's like when you buy a soda and then just leave it in there. It's kind of interesting because like you don't even see anybody that you're going to help. I don't even know if it says where it's going specifically. Well, it says on each of those little... So it's the vending machines, right? And then on the kiosk tablet thing, you can hit whatever one you want to buy or donate to. Mm -hmm. And then I don't even know because they're little cardboard pictures of what you're donating Right. So obviously don't you don't really come out and like you have it because it's just cardboard. Right. But on each of them, because when I did it in Mexico, me and my comp, we volunteered at one of those. And there was a stack where we could like hold up what the vending machine was offering, what the giving machine was offering. Kind of like the bottom half or in the bottom corners, it shows the icon of the charity it's contributing to. So, for instance, textbooks would be X charity. And then... But it doesn't tell you, like, where in the world it's being donated? No. It okay. might on the kiosk, but I would I don't know because nobody ever bought anything. Because the lady next to us that was giving out free tequila <laughs> samples. And everyone was like, ooh, alcohol. And they weren't exactly in the generous mood. There was one lady that came up to the machine... She was the only one who that had any sort of interest. And she's like, oh, what's this? And so we explained it to her. And then she kind of looked at it, looked at us, and then said, I don't believe you, and walked away. I mean, fair enough. I mean, if you haven't heard of it before, yeah, and you just kind of stumble across it, that's that's fair. Because again, you, you bought a chip. Not a chip. A better word for it, but chip um, of wood. What's it called? <laughs> Can you help me out? Cardboard. Please? Cardboard square. You bought a cardboard square with a picture on it. And oh, it's right. cost like $15 or however much you want to donate. Right? right. I could see how that could be a scam, but it's not. And it's great to do it because even though you don't know who you're helping, you helped. You served. The Savior knows who you're helping. I don't know. In- and even what's the quote? In as much as you have done this unto the least of these, you have done it unto. And again, different cultures may see it differently and it's kind of a weird to them at least a very roundabout way of helping other people hence why it might be seen as a scam or something not entirely what it says to be right somewhere in like the states that's a little bit more normal i guess is it well i don't know we have so many different things and different i mean you just go to any sort of mall in the states and they just have all sorts of weird kiosk things And to me, at least, those giving machines don't seem entirely out of place. That's, yeah, okay, I agree with that. And, I don't know, maybe other places where they're just like this vending machine that can donate to people. (laughs) And it's in front of, like, actual carts that people are selling food with. And it's just like, how is this digital machine going to give a goat to someone? That doesn't make sense to me. Did you ever volunteer one at Utah? You said no, huh? No, we couldn't volunteer in Utah, but what we could do is we could bring our friend down there. Did you? No. We were at the top of the mission, so it was like a lot farther of a drive than most people's. Was it closer to Salt Lake? 
It was in Salt Lake. We didn't have one in our mission. Okay. But we were allowed to go to Salt Lake if participated in it, if we could. But we never did. So mm. that was unfortunate, but it's okay. You know, I'm really glad they're doing the mission integration thing. I feel like that could benefit a whole lot of missions or areas in general. Because you have these proselyting missionaries, and then you have these missionaries who have been serving around their community, know good places to serve, know a lot of people. I don't know. To me, it just makes sense. Yeah, when I went to meet the mission president, because the Dallas mission is yet to be integrated, right? Which actually, in July, they're making a Dallas South mission. I don't know if you knew that, but... no, oh, interesting. Yeah, the bounce. So we're going to become part of the Dallas East mission instead of the Dallas West. There was a lot of excitement. Like, I could see it from the other... They announced it in the zone conference or the one with the mission president? No, we're like, it had been announced a long time ago. But oh, okay. when we actually met the mission president and, like, they were kind of introducing the idea of how it's going to work and whatnot, I could see a lot of excitement, like, across the room from the missionaries. I had seen this, like, 17 months ago, so... Understandably, I was not quite as excited. I haven't heard anything from my mission if they're even starting that. I feel like I would from some of the emails. The goal was that it would be integrated or implemented in every single mission by the end of this year. Yeah, which is why I'm a little curious as to why I haven't heard anything about it. With that being said, I would not be surprised if there are some foreign missions where... That doesn't happen. For whatever reason, it takes longer. But I would imagine every... U.S. mission is now integrated. Yeah. That, like another part of it is I don't even know if every single mission would have service missionaries. That's true. I mean, they very well could. I don't know. But like that just that one area doesn't have any service missionaries. That seems yeah. entirely possible. Yeah. During the Christmas season, there wasn't. I mean, obviously, we talked about service. We didn't do a whole lot of service. Ah. That's basically it. And Bang so it. first of all, feel like an integrated mission would help that a lot. And then secondly, with it being Christmas, I feel like that's a safe bet to say that people are more generous. Yeah, you got to make Santa's nice list. Get in those last few points. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to our episode. If you like what you hear and you want to get weekly updates with exclusive content and an inside look on missionary work, join our email list on our website. You can go to lumietmedia.com. That's L-U-M-I-E-T media.com. Just scroll down to the bottom and you'll see a little form where you can put in your name, put in your email. It's free. We don't need anything else from you. We're going to be giving you concise and actionable advice, takeaways from our episodes and lessons and experiences directly from the mission field. And so if that sounds interesting to you, just go to lumietmedia, L-U-M-I-E-T media.com. And we hope to help you a little bit more every week. Bye. Going back, assuming I go back, I have no idea. At this point, I've been here long enough to where it's likely I'd probably get reassigned. But aside from that point, going back, if I do, mm-hmm. I would have a lot more appreciation for doing service and focusing on serving other people rather than trying to get a lesson in and trying to get the numbers in. It's a lot, and I think you even said this yourself, being more curious about people and about their lives rather than being more focused on doing the work and getting the numbers up, I feel like that would be a lot better both for the people and for the missionaries. If you're seeing that you're doing service every single day, if you're trying to 
go and talk to people with the intent of making their day just a little bit better, I feel like you would become a lot happier. You would have a lot more joy for the work than if you're just thinking like, oh, I didn't get this many baptisms. I didn't talk to this many people. And so it gets to where you never not have any work to do because you're always focusing on how you can help other people rather than like, oh, there's not many people that we're talking to that are interested. It's like, no, we helped this many people. And I've seen that a lot because I've done lots of service things with you. It's true. I'm obviously not going to have that many opportunities in Mexico, at least. Who knows? Maybe I'll go somewhere else. I don't know. Just makes me feel good doing service for other people. And it's not something that I got to experience a whole lot. Minus the fact during lessons when I noticed that what we said actually helped people in some way. But like doing consistent right. service feels a lot more fulfilling to me because it's a lot easier. Well, not a lot easier, but it's a lot easier to focus on helping rather than making them care about what you have to say. Because you can't make them care about what you say. Right. First of all, that's the wrong way to go about it. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Any thoughts about that? You did both. I did both at the same time. I'm that good. Oh, you were the first missionary to do that even. So I, I you can kind of flex a little bit. You were the first and the only. At least for You were now. the first and the last. Wow, the first will be last and the last will be first. And I claimed all of them. Um, yeah, I, because Leighton did the 10 lessons a day thing, right? Um, and with non-members, what I kind of learned to do is kind of have them almost teach themselves a lesson. How would you do that? I don't know. How but, exactly? But essentially, you get them talking long enough, right? You wrap the conversation into the gospel very naturally. And I, I don't know exactly how I did that. But like when I took Ben um, at that one, were you there? No, I wasn't there. Oh, I don't know okay. What I was at doing. that bluegrass something or other. Bluegrass at Ballard. Yeah. I talked to a couple of people and I just kept talking to them. And then eventually, they more or less had taught themselves a lesson talking about their savior and then just got whatever topic they would choose oh i see it's kind of like oh here's my opinion on that i see just like and a then normal almost conversation. like just have them teach themselves a lesson with me putting in like one or two comments about the gospel yeah because see when i would thinking about street context specifically first of all i was kind of taught almost not a script but just a way to do it right my dad was taught a script because like they also would do the lessons just word for word. Yeah, which that that seems weird now. Doesn't yeah, that doesn't seem like it would work a whole lot. Cause then no. it's like it's like you're going it's like you're going into salesman mode. And it's like, well, yes. message that they've memorized, which I don't know. I don't like how that would go. And kind of the script wasn't really a script, it was more just like, hey, we're missionaries. Wanna hear about Jesus makes it feel a very unnatural and B like you're trying to sell the gospel to them. And that's not what we're doing. And that's why I never liked it. And maybe that's kind of partially why I didn't do any street contacts. Cause it's like, okay, well this doesn't feel good to me. This doesn't feel like we're getting a lot of success benefiting anybody. Yeah. And like, I've noticed that with the missionaries here where more or less the first thing they say is, have you heard of this book? Or do you want to know how you can be with your family forever? Yeah. One of those two things the is gospel. the first thing they'll say. And in Utah, 
I, if I were to do any of that, <laughs> that would immediately get shut down. So I don't know. Utah's weird. Wait, so you guys were told to do that? No, that was the missionaries who taught me and did street contacts with me. That was their way of doing it. They would kind of do in the script mode. And I never liked that. So I didn't do it that much. But then I met, um, but then in my second area I was in, and that was directly on my training. So, and then I got another companion that also left his training. And so we were just both, basically both newbies, not really sure what we were doing in a completely new area we've never been. So I feel like we just kind of started to work with what we knew, started to do with what we were familiar with, trying to learn off of one another, learning the area, seeing what worked. And I got to tell you, I learned a lot more leaving my training than I did my second half of training with my second trainer. Hmm. Just because I feel like we were just going through the motions during my second six weeks of training, my second transfer, kind of going through the scripts, you know, doing the missionary things. And then we get in an area we've never been. And then we're like, hmm, well, what do we do and what works? And my companion, Elder Badillo, he was really good at talking to people just in general. Like he enjoyed talking to people. I don't, I'm not that kind of person, but he would talk and just get to know people and just be all friendly with basically everyone he saw. And he would ask questions about their lives and it wouldn't be, it's kind of funny. I would try to be like, okay, how do we get this gospel principle in and how do we slip that in? And he's just like, nope, I want to know about the great deal you got in the churros the other day and how, I don't know, just things like that, right? That aren't like gospel scripts that you need to go in, but things that he cared to hear about, about their lives. And I was not very good at that. Like I enjoy talking to people that I know and I can... Probably before my mission, I wasn't very good at, you know, talking to new people or people that I didn't know as much. Probably not, because you're not really taught to do that ever. No, unless you're naturally an extrovert or you're in Even high school you're or told something. told don't talk to strangers. <laughs> That's true, I guess. But eventually, I don't know that I ever learned this in the mission. Maybe this is just like reflection, but I learned that it was a lot easier to care about people rather than progress, as in progress in the work and the numbers. And so if I leave an interaction with someone feeling that I benefited them in some way, then I don't really care about the numbers or any, because then that's going to come naturally when they're like, oh, these guys are nice to me and they're helping us. They came from their nice country in the U.S. and they're here talking to us and having a churro with us. There was one guy where, like, in my eight months that I was in Clinton, he... Long time to be in one area. I just want to say that, but... Yeah, <laughs> especially when it's three neighborhoods. Oh, my gosh. That sounds not fun, but anyway, go on. It was fun. Okay. I liked it better than Lake East. All right, that's fair. Just because there was more work to do. But um, anyway, there was one guy where, like, I had tried talking to him like two or three times already and he just would always shut it down and be like no one time i just went up there and i was like dude i'm not gonna mention the gospel at all i literally just want to know what you're building here because it seems interesting and he was like ah okay and so we talked for 20 seconds and then left 
And it was like, dang, that was a good interaction. And I don't know Is why. longer than the interactions you've had with him before? Yeah. Really? Okay. Because I was thinking like, well, that's not a long time. But like, if that's the only time where he's tolerated talking to you guys, then that's, that's a win. Yeah. We left talking with him where it was like, hmm, that was interesting. As opposed to, oh, okay, he, did, he doesn't like us. Anyway, yeah. that, I don't know what ha- that has to do with much, but I just remembered that. That was when I was training. And I remember that was good. For Elder Wetton to see. Yeah, then rather than all the, the rejection. Which he hadn't seen any of the rejection. But, really? Well, yeah, I, it was all before. From that guy specifically. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But I was like, yeah, this guy is not interested, but I want to go see what he's building. There's this principle that I learned. Might be a book, might be a podcast. I don't know. But um, I think it's a podcast. I can't remember. It wasn't in any gospel connotation. But of this principle of... If you talk to people about what they're interested in, they'll talk for a long time. Yep. And if you ask the right questions, you can probably get them talking for a good long while. Because, I mean, the first way of application that comes to mind for me is like, you're on a date, right? But it's like, there's something to be said for you talking a lot about yourself versus you trying to get to know your date, asking a lot of questions about them. I don't know. Maybe asking a lot of questions about them is weird to some people, but it's like, no, you're trying to get to know this person because you're interested in them. So already that makes them feel special. And it's like, oh, this guy wants to actually know about my life. And then so they open up naturally. And so it becomes a lot better of an interaction versus just some guy talking about something in their life, I guess, trying to impress and it's like, bro, I don't want to hear about how you won the hockey championships three times in a row. I don't care. I don't know. Something like that. Does that make sense? Yes. You, okay. This kind of ended up being more about our mission. But, you know, that's probably just going to happen sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yet two guys who have served missions, tangent a lot, our best friends. Kind of a natural product. Yeah. But, you know, Christmas is a time to enjoy. And we enjoyed our missions. So thank you for joining us for this Light the World series. This was um, fun. I, f- I feel like I complain a lot about how hard it is to edit. But, you know, I had fun. I learned a lot. There's a lot of good insights I had. And honestly, focusing on a, a theme has really been beneficial. So that's something I appreciated doing that. The theme for the next episode is culture versus doctrine. I feel like we've been talking about this one since like the fifth episode. Yeah, it's, it's kind of one that I've been wanting to do for a while. Going forward, I want to be Having these be more applicable, not just to listening to the doctrine of our church, but just so anyone can benefit from what we have to say and how they can see, regardless of religious affiliation, how this can actually help you in your life. And culture versus doctrine is a topic I feel like is pretty universal. You have the doctrine, but there's always a culture and a very specific way of doing things. You read the entire... after. The Gospels, Acts, Hebrews, Romans, is just all the apostles trying to be like, hey, this is the pure doctrine. Yeah, You don't need to do this anymore. I also remember um, Christ is like, if your pig falls in a hole, aren't you going to grab it? Just because it's the Sabbath doesn't mean you can't help your yeah. horse or I don't know. Almost I, making fun of all the laws and policies that they've made. And it's just like, guys, you're missing the point. So stay tuned for that. We're going to have a lot of really interesting topics in 
2024. I'm excited. Thank you guys for listening. They really have seen a big increase in downloads and listeners, so thank you for that. And we hope that you keep on listening. We hope that you have learned something. And so Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Naughty toast. Thank you for listening to us. This is Walk With Him, a podcast about Jesus Christ. And if you'd like to know more about Jesus Christ, we have a website, which is Lumiet Media, L-U-M-I-E-T, media.com. On there, you'll find stuff about us, stuff about our Savior, Jesus Christ. You'll find our socials where you can follow us and support the podcast. You can also sign up for our email list where we give you just some advice, takeaways from our episodes and experiences that we've had from the mission field. You can join that email list on our website, follow our socials, and if you could rate us, that would really help other people discover the podcast and just start their own journey towards our Savior, Jesus Christ. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Adios. Adios.